Hey, it's Adam, and this is the Five Questions Podcast. We've got an interview for you today with Carrie Turwelp. She's the communications director at First Free Church, and she has a really neat story of how God pursued her and how she got to know him better and better and eventually followed him and trusted in him for salvation. It's a great story. I really wanted you to be able to hear it, and she has not shared it very much, but she graciously agreed to come on and share it with you all. So here's my interview with Carrie Turwelp. Thanks for being willing to do this. Sure. <laughs> I know it's not probably top on your list, but it's. I always. I never think of myself as having um, a story that anyone is going to be particularly interested in hearing. So I was surprised to be asked. Um, so I guess we'll we'll find out. You'll know by the end if it was a good call or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known either, except we had that um, staff gathering where we brought all our communication staff and our technical ministry staff together. And one of the things I asked everybody to do was share their testimony. And I thought yours was really, really awesome and, and unique too. Very, very different and some God moments in there. So I just wanted to sh see if you'd be willing to share that with other people. So thanks for being willing to do that. Sure. Well, why don't we start with what you do and who you are for anybody that doesn't know you. Um, I guess we should we should probably talk about kind of what you do at First Free and uh, and what do you like about your job. We'll save what you don't like about your job for, you know, after we stop okay. recording. The, sounds good. Um, so I am the communications director at First Free. And the way I usually explain it to people is I am in charge of most of the things with words that aren't the sermon and the music. Um, so the website, the social media, promoting all of the ministries that are, that are taking place at the church, all of our print stuff that runs through my department back when we used to do things like the weekly that was printed and the quarterly, the annual, annual report, videos, graphic design, all of that stuff runs through my department. Yeah, the pandemic sure has changed a lot of what you do. Now it's so yes. much more digital and, and online mm -hmm. than it was before. Not that you didn't have that before as well, but. It's very yeah, different. It's, it's been it's been fun not having to uh, print as many things because fewer things can go wrong for you if you're not trying to argue with the printer. Um, but yeah, it's been really interesting trying to um, pivot. And you know, some things we haven't been able to do because we just don't want to be handing out a lot of paper right now. And some things we can't do because it just takes so much planning and knowing what's going to happen in three months. And we haven't known what's going to happen in three months in a year. So it's, it's a, it's a fun and exciting time for everyone. Yeah, that is so true. Well, let's dig into your story a little bit, if you don't mind, maybe you can tell us uh, where you grew up and a little bit of your, your spiritual background. Sure. So I am from beautiful, supernatural British Columbia, Canada. Um, that is our tagline. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. It is a, um, it's a fun place to grow up. Uh, there's a ski hill 20 minutes from my house. There's multiple, multiple lakes. So there's beaches everywhere. It's just a, a fun place to be. Um, my family went to church when I was a kid. The church was pretty uh, liberal. My family's pretty liberal. I'm pretty liberal. Um, and I don't remember a lot from church, but I remember being in there for singing hymns, you know, going down to the front and hearing Reverend Bob tell us a story about something and then parading on out to go to Sunday school. 
I remember that I never managed to win the cakewalk and I'm still upset about it. Um, but it was, I don't remember ever hearing any sort of gospel presentation that would make me believe that there was some sort of action that I needed to take. It was more just, you know, we, we learned what Easter was, but it was God loves you and he, you know, died to, to save us and hooray. And that was sort of the end of it. I had a, an idea that God existed. And if you wanted to go to heaven, you just had to be on balance, more good than bad. So if you could avoid, you know, murdering someone, you could probably make it. And I felt like I could probably do that. Um, so I don't, you know, belong to a crime family. So I assumed that that was going to be fine and what knowledge I had was going to be sufficient and I would wind up in heaven at the end of at the end of my life. Yeah, and then some things happened in your life that radically changed that understanding. Can you tell us about how you came to know um, more about Jesus and, and what he did for you and, and what salvation looks like and how all that came about? Sure. So at some point, my family stopped going to church um, and I didn't mind that because that was just I got to sleep in on Sundays. And so all through, um, you know, preteen in high school, all of that stuff, I still had the idea that God existed. But, you know, I prayed, you know, once a year around Christmas time or something like that. Um, and then when in my second year of university in 2005, um, my family went on vacation to Mexico. And while we were there, we met this other family who were also on vacation and um, didn't know at the time, but one of the members of that family was going to wind up being my husband. And so uh, we met, my sister and I hung out with um, Trent and his brothers while we were in Mexico. And on the day that uh, Trent and his family were leaving, my sister said, let's go get their email addresses. And I said, let's not. That's really, that's really dumb. We're never going to speak to these people again. They live in the United States. That's not a thing that, you know, it's so absolutely no. But because she's older than me, she can make me do whatever she wants uh, <laughs> because that's just the way older siblings are. So we got their email addresses and it was right before Christmas. So sweet Trent just shot my sister and I an email address, an email saying, nice to meet you. Merry Christmas. Trent and I responded and then it just spiraled out of control from there. Um, really long emails multiple times a day, really long phone calls. I had to buy um, a new phone with multiple headsets because I would kill the battery um, halfway through our conversation. Hours and hours and hours um, of talking and Trent has been um, a believer since he can remember knowing who Jesus was. He doesn't, he's not sure exactly when it happened, but he has always loved Jesus, always believed, and it was important to him. And so somewhere in the hours that we were talking, he would bring up spiritual stuff and we would chat about it and he would try to figure out what I believed and what I didn't believe and why I believed what I believed. And I didn't usually have a great answer, um, but he was, you know, very kind and, and patient about it. Um, and at some point, I guess, you know, God was just working on my heart and Trent was working on my brain. And at some point it was just, you know, I think he might be right. I think he's right. This is, it's, this is making sense. It's, 
it's sitting well, um, you know, in my heart that like, it just, it makes sense. Something he's, he's not, he's not wrong. He's telling me the truth. And, um, then one night I was on the phone with Trent in my dorm room in McTaggart Cohen Hall at SFU in Vancouver. And while I was on the phone with Trent, I prayed to accept Jesus and, and yay. <laughs> so that was, that was my moment. And I had no idea what to do afterwards. And I didn't, you know, probably take the correct path because I, you know, just sort of continued talking to Trent and trying to figure things out on my own rather than like find a church because I didn't know that that was what you were supposed to do afterwards. So slow progress at the beginning. Um, but yeah, now that's been, I don't know how many years, but 15 maybe that I've known Jesus. And it's, it's, it is part of it is a little bothersome because I cannot do some of the things that I used to really enjoy doing um, because I feel badly about them now. Uh, but on the whole, it has been, it's been amazing. The, the comfort and the, the peace and just then knowing that you have an in with the God of the universe is just really, it's completely bizarre, but it's really awesome. Yeah, that is an awesome story. And I wonder if you remember any of the things that Trent was saying that really kind of got through to you. And, and if not, that's okay. Um, but just is there anything that he said that really kind of stuck in your mind and helped you to realize that, yeah, he's got a point there? I think some of it, as as most you know Christians, as I've learned, C.S. Lewis is a great fallback. Um, so I remember he had me read Mere Christianity and one of the things that really stuck that he and I talked a lot about was when C.S. Lewis says that um, a lot of people, and I had done the same thing and people in my family still do, that Jesus was just this great moral teacher and, you know, you can take the, you know, do unto others and, and all of that stuff without having to engage a whole lot with the I'm the son of God portion. And that um, when C.S. Lewis says, you know, you can either write him off as a madman or accept that he's the son of God, but he didn't leave that middle option open. He did not intend to. Um, and that really, that really stuck because it, it, you know, it takes away your fallback. Um, it takes away the, the part of you that like, because I believe deep in our souls that we all recognize that God is real and there and we are longing for a relationship with him, even if we can't or won't acknowledge or name it and being able to be like, oh yes, he's just, Jesus is just this moral teacher who's going to help us live better lives is a sort of way to half acknowledge and, and sort of skirt, skirt around it. But having that taken away, um, I think was really important in, in my journey towards um, accepting who he actually is. So what does spiritual growth look like for you now? You, you said early on that you didn't know what you were supposed to do. It's been 15 years. Obviously, you've learned a lot in that time. <laughs> um, what do you do to stay close to Jesus and grow in your walk with him? Sure. Uh, so I have learned that you are supposed to be going to church. And so I, I'm doing that. Um, of course, yeah, I am trying to you know read my Bible and I have to work on reading it uh, slowly because I am a task-oriented individual and as much as routine really helps me stick to things, 
I can get into trouble with just checking things off of a checklist. Um, like, yes, I have read my Bible. Yes, I have prayed. And now I'm on with my day. Um, we were, my small group right now is studying John. And I, for some reason, we were reading chapter two and I realized that I don't remember ever reading like the last two verses somehow. They just didn't seem at all familiar to me. And I'm like, have I been just like, okay, I'm at the end and just, skipping it for 15 years? I have no idea. Um, so working to slow down um, and read carefully. My small group has been really important to me. I really resisted for a long time getting into a small group and I'm not completely sure why. I think part of it was just being contrary and people, oh, you need to get into a small group. And I'm like, no, I don't. Um, you know, the more someone tells you to do something, you know, the inner six-year-old comes out and it's like, but I am not going to. <laughs> um, but now um, that, I, that I'm in a small group and we're, and we're studying on a regular basis, on the one hand, it, it certainly helps for accountability because you don't like showing up having not done the reading. Um, or when we were studying, um, doing studies from Right Now Media, where they have the live it out section and you had to report back on how successful you were with living it out that week. You didn't want to have to show up and say, I did nothing. So that's been important. And also I'm the, I'm the youngest, both in years on earth and years as a Christian in my small group. So it's been really important and helpful for me to be around people who have been doing it longer and have um, some more wisdom than I do in some things just based on experience. They just know more because they've been doing it longer. And it's been really helpful to be able to glean some wisdom from, I mean, they're not much, much older than me, but you know, enough that they, they've just had to deal with things that I haven't had to deal with yet. And it's really helpful being able to bounce that off of them. So I, most of my friends are not Christian, which I think is a-okay and great because that, then I, you know, have other perspectives and I can, you know, hopefully be able to talk to them about Jesus, but having that group of, of Christian people to, to go deep with has been really, really helpful for me. And also I work at a church and so it's hard to escape. Um, <laughs> you're going to learn and grow just, even if it's just by osmosis, just by being there, there are some really wonderful, godly people at, at that church and you, you have to work really hard if you don't want it to like rub off on you in some way. <laughs> I like to hear that. You'd have to work hard to not have a closer walk with God rub off on you in some way. That's, that's good. Yeah. We talk about God a lot. We pray a lot. We do a, a lot of things that, that help our spiritual growth and hopefully don't just become routine and, and tasks that we check off, but we really want it to be meaningful. And I, I appreciate you saying that because I know sometimes in, in my life, um, the spiritual routines can become just that, a, a routine that's a check the box kind of thing. And it's a constant battle, isn't it? To to make sure that, hey, I, I mean this, this is intentional. I'm here because I wanna grow in my walk with, with Jesus and grow closer to God. And it's always something that we have to work on. Uh, this side of eternity of heaven, we will not have that fully figured out, I think. No matter how many years you have as a, a Christian, it's always something that we have to work on. What? <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Spoiler alert. Really Do you have a favorite passage years. of scripture? Uh, anything that you'd want to share with people? Yeah, it's 
That's a tough one because, I mean, you know, you've read it. It's There's a lot of good stuff in the Bible. Um, there's a lot of, of really great and powerful verses in there. And I don't have, you know, a life verse necessarily, but the verse that sort of has been stuck in my brain the longest and the first one that I like accidentally memorized because I was, I don't know if I was a Christian then or if I was, I was super fresh baby Christian. And so I wouldn't have been memorizing scripture because I didn't know to do that. Um, but it's, um, it's Romans eight twenty eight, and then God works all things for good for those who have been called according to his purpose. And the first time I ever heard that was when I was watching an episode of Scrubs and because it's a hospital show, someone, I don't know, had a calamity of some sort, some bad diagnosis or someone died or something. And Nurse Laverne said, um, you know, God works all things for good, Romans eight twenty eight, and was, you know, sort of mocked for it. Um, but it really stuck in my brain. And then I went and looked it up and got the rest of the verse and then read the rest of the chapter to try to fill in the context. And it has just lodged itself in my brain since then. And it's sort of, it's meaningful to me sort of for two reasons. One, just because that has always struck me as a weird place to hear the Bible. And it makes me feel as though, um, because I heard it in such a weird place, I don't remember exactly when, I'm sure it was like some on some like illegally downloaded episode. Um, because university, um, and <laughs> what are you going to do? But it, it really makes me feel like God was pursuing me, that he planted that in my path. Like our C.S. Lewis says, he's very unscrupulous and he's out there laying traps for the unbelievers. And you have to be careful if you're not going to fall into it. And having that feeling that the God that created the universe and has known me from then I would that I was important enough to him that he was going to chase me down through this weird way of having this Bible verse set on this sitcom and then having it be mocked right afterwards. Um, it just makes me feel good. It makes me feel loved. Um, and who doesn't like feeling loved by God? <laughs> and the second part is it's, you know, life is, can be, often is, really, really hard. And bad things happen all the time. And, you know, people say, oh, everything happens for a reason. And, but that always just sort of rings sort of hollow. It's just a platitude that you say when you don't know what else to say. But that verse from Romans really, it's, it's similar to everything happens for a reason, but being able to hold on to the belief that even when things have gone so sideways, even when things are really painful, like God is working it for good. Even if you don't understand, even if you do not understand until you meet him and get him to explain it to you, um, which I intend to do when I, when I see him, you know, knowing that he's working it for good, it just allows me to relax a little bit and, you know, try to loosen my grip on what's happening around me because I am desperate to control it and I can't. And the peace that comes from knowing that he is working it and he's, he's got it, it's gonna be, even if it doesn't feel okay, it's gonna be okay, he's working it for your good has been 
really soothing for, for my soul over time. I'm so thankful Carrie was willing to join us and share her story. I know that wasn't the easiest thing in the world for her to do, and it took a lot of courage, and I'm just so thankful she was willing to do it because it really is a great story of God's grace and stepping into her world and pursuing her in different ways. And of course, she was receptive to that and wanted to know more. So thank you, Carrie, for sharing that with us. Hey, if you wanna make sure you get the future videos, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so that you'll get notified whenever there is a new video that comes up. We're trying to make great videos that are going to be inspiring and encouraging to you and help you connect with people that maybe you wouldn't see all the time at our church, but it's an opportunity to get to know people you otherwise would not get to know better. That's it for today. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.